you're listening to episode 67 of Basic Geek Girls. I'm Swapna Krishna. And I'm Preeti Chiver, and we're recording on Thursday, February 24th. <laughs> and Preeti's laughing right now because this is our fifth anniversary, and I screwed up the intro. <laughs> We've been, yeah, we We've been doing this for five years, and I should be saying hi. This is Swapna and saying the episode number of the show. <laughs> uh, yeah, so five years. That's super. Like, can you? Isn't that wild? I cannot believe that. Um, that that I, just because, like, when we started, I was like, we we were both a little bit weary of the commitment. It's like I don't know if we can keep it going. Will we have enough to talk about? And yes, clearly. Turns out. <laughs> we do. We, we do we have a lot to talk about. Find things to talk about. I think we like. I kind of wish I'd gone back and like looked at it because there's stuff we talked about that I don't even remember that we did. Oh yeah, right. There's sometimes I'll see episode titles and I'm like, we talked about that. We remember when we watched all the Star Wars movies. <laughs> We did. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot yeah, about that. We all the we Star had Wars guests movies and everything. We had guests to talk about them. And we watched two Lord of the Rings movies. Oh my gosh, this is the year. One. This is the yeah. year we're going to finish yeah. our Lord of the Rings coverage. We are. We Just are. We have to do it before <laughs> September. Yeah, because the show. I was going to say the show is dropping time. in September. Um, but this is, so we thought a lot, I think, about what we wanted to do for the five-year episode. I mean, it feels so, like, huge, but the thing is, is that this started, the whole idea behind Daisy Geek Girls was Swapna and I were like, we just want a podcast where we get to talk to each other about stuff we like. Yes. Like, that was it. That was the genesis. And we were like, we don't know if anyone will listen. We don't know if anyone's going to care. But we like talking to each other about this stuff. And so why not, like, do a podcast for it? Yes. And so to that end. (laughs) This was just an excuse, basically, because I wanted to talk about Horizon Forbidden West uh, (laughs) because I am obsessed with it currently. And I, 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 I... I know Preeti's never going to play it. And so what we decided to do instead is I'm going to talk about something I love. In this case, it's actually going to be Horizon Zero Dawn because I Horizon Forbidden West just came out. And I don't want to ruin it for anyone. And Preeti's going to talk about something that I am not going to play, which is... Spider-Man PS4 because that was one of my yes. favorite, favorite games. And, and But we did... Basically, yeah. Like what we did was exchange essentially youtube clips like i think what's interesting is like slotna played a little bit of spider-man it wasn't her jam i played a little bit of uh horizon zero dawn like yeah and that wasn't for me but we also true like i think we've said it many times where we just really like listening to the other person talk about something they love so what we did was we exchanged like youtube videos that could give the other a rundown on the game and so we can have these conversations today which i'm i'm like kind of really excited about because this is the joy of this this podcast for us and getting to like yeah. sit down, you know, even when things are wild and we don't have time or like we're stressed about other things, like this has always just been like a joyful thing for us. Yes. And like it's a space to just like revel in the things you like. Mm-hmm. And those spaces are increasingly rare, I think. And so it's really I'm really excited to talk about this. But first we've got like we've actually got a lot of news. So much news, so much. But first, 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 first. Okay, Star Trek Picard is premiering next week. It premieres on March 3rd. I'm very excited. I actually just watched the first episode today, and I am, cannot say anything about it, but I am just very excited. I am I am really excited for this 
season. I think it's going to be very, very good. The first season was incredible, but it was also a little bit rough um, as they were like kind of ironing out what they wanted the show to be and all that. And I'm hoping that this season, you know, we'll have, we'll have gotten out of those growing pains and it'll be really, I, I think it's going to be fantastic. So I'm really excited. Um, but also there's new Star Trek shows sort of. So there was, I think it was like the, the investor call or whatever that is that happens um, mm. with Paramount. And they were talking about like the merger with Viacom CBS. And so they dropped a few hints. It seems like there is not only the section 31 show that's still happening, which I'm pretty sure the only reason it hasn't happened yet is because Michelle Yeoh is supposed to star. Oh, right. And that's what she's that was. so busy and so popular and I am so happy for her and it's just, it's hard to pin her down. I'm get, I'm guessing they just can't get room in her filming schedule. Mm-hmm. That is my guess. Um, and, but that's still supposedly happening. And then there might be a Starfleet Academy show in the works. And that's really exciting because I would love like a yeah YA style. That would be super fun. Star Trek. Yeah, right. I, I would love that. So um, th- those were hinted, I think those were rumored, hinted at. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. And then there's a new movie coming, a fourth movie with that original Chris Pine uh, led well, cast. That was some interesting way to yeah. drop that news. <laughs> so the deal is okay. So the originally, from what I understand, the talks broke down just basically because they don't want to shell out the money. And then now they're, I think, more willing to shell out the money. But I'm not entirely certain that they talk to the actors about it. doesn't sound it, I like think. it. So <laughs> supposedly it's happening and it's greenlit. But I don't know what's happening there because there was then, like, the actors were like, oh, this is happening. News to I'm us. wondering, <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering if there's some sort of, they're, like, under some sort of, like, contract. And they were just never informed of, like like paramount didn't bother to tell them oh yeah we're exercising that option or whatever like i don't know i don't know how this stuff works i don't know but but anyway it was very supposedly like the news came out that they were doing it and everybody was coming back and the entire internet freaked out and then like four days later it was like what yeah the cast the cast is like wait we are (laughs) so i don't know it does not surprise me that like it's kind of things are kind of a mess but i hope it happens because this yeah. was a really good cast um but we'll see um and the next one's you ah okay so march is a big month for us for both of us i yeah. think because yep. like i'm so excited about picard i'm so jealous that you've already seen the first episode i can't wait to see it um but also news dropped i think yesterday has it got the days or time what is it uh, yeah. that Spider-Man No Way Home is finally coming to digital at the end of March. It's like March 22nd or 23rd, I think. And there's like so much bonus footage. And we we didn't really get to talk about it on the podcast. But we no, because I still haven't to. seen it. But we will definitely and go there. I cannot wait because this was still, you know, you see a movie and you're like kind of like with the high of like seeing it. And it's so exciting. And like it's easy to be like, oh, my God, I loved everything about it. But I'm excited to have a conversation about it like a few months down the line and within the context of like, like I'm going to rewatch the other ones because it's just, it was so good. I loved it so much and I want to see how I feel about it watching it at home, which is going to be a different experience. Um, yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to like it probably as much, but I think we're going to have time to sit with it and be able to discuss it in like a, an exciting and fun way. 
Yeah, I'm really excited to see it for the first time. A lot, like, a decent amount of stuff has been spoiled for me, but honestly, it's just, like, the cameos that have been spoiled, mm-hmm. not the actual story. So I'm surprised by that. I mean, granted, my mute settings are, are – I've got a lot of stuff muted on Twitter. But, like, I don't really – it doesn't bother me that right. X person's – you know, that does, that does not bother well, me at all. That's <laughs> not going to – impair my enjoyment of the movie we all knew it was coming so that's the thing right it's like i i we won't say who it is in case you you still don't know but it did make me laugh that the announcement was basically like whatever if you haven't seen it here's the here's what happened (laughs) yeah like i was like okay even though i'm sure there are plenty of people who have still not been able to see the movie but fine i guess yeah, which, I mean, whatever. It's just, it, like, we all knew it was coming, so it's yeah. not a big deal. And, like, it, to be fair, it was spoiled for me way before that. Um, but, uh, so, yeah, I'm really excited for that. So we will definitely do an episode talking about mm-hmm. the movie. And then uh, there was a new trailer for Doctor Strange, The Multiverse of Madness. Which, and that movie looks really good. It looks, it's so interesting. Did you watch What If? I can't remember. I watched the first like four episodes and it's still on the list of things to watch. We just haven't gone back to it. So it's what if I thought was just completely astounding. Like I really like the whole, all of it together was excellent. And we, there's no like confirmation of any of this, but there's story, there is story overlap. It looks like between Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness and what we saw happen in what if. So I mean, it comes back to that conversation we always have in terms of like, how much do you have to watch to prepare for these things? And I think two things the Multiverse of Madness could do is say, you could watch everything or you could watch nothing because none of it matters because canon is so big that who cares? Yeah. Um. And, oh, one cool thing about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness in the trailer, I am, like, 99% certain I yes. heard Patrick Stewart's voice. Yes. I mean, that is clearly – I it's Marvel, so, like, we can't – they could just – why would they lie about that? But they, like, would, they would totally lie, but I don't think they're lying. It's, usually it's a lie of omission, not, like, mm-hmm. a lie – although, who knows? Um, but, you know, having – I will lose my mind, like if Xavier shows up. I will honestly lose my mind if Patrick Stewart shows up just generally, and if he shows up as Xavier, like I think he's gotta. I don't know how yeah, they could so. cast him as someone else, and it seems like it's setting up. Which I'm not super like. It's been so long since I've read those Avengers comics of like the Illuminati or whatever, where it's like you know that brain that like brain trust that's tur- like tr- pretending not pretending but think they're on the side of good for the good of yeah humanity and etc um it feels like that's the direction they're going to pull the x-men into this so i don't know i'm excited we'll potentially when i don't remember when, when it does comes that come out. out i was about to ask you i was about <laughs> is to it like, may i feel like may that sounds right yeah it may, may seems correct um, <laughs> maybe but like aren't there four movies coming out this year so maybe like maybe sooner well okay uh this is secret invasion coming out this year no okay i don't think so it's a lot of tv this year because like i didn't even know secret invasion was like an actual movie until like they started like talking about the production and i was like oh that's actually happening well blade is filming or about to film now i think Mm -hmm. 
Um, so that might be, yeah. So Dr. Strange is May 6th. Um, okay. I don't know. There's so many movies because there's like there so are. TV because Thor, Thor, Love and Thunder. That's coming out this year. It's coming out this year. Yeah. Thor, Love and Thunder, Dr. Strange, apparently Black Panther, Wakanda forever. No, they're, they're but paused on filming. There's no way there's that no that's way. actually going to come out. Yeah. Um, but there's okay. a lot and there's a lot. <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> and there's so this still next... more <laughs> yeah yeah there's i i have one i put this on here specifically just to be able to complain um elden ring <laughs> is a very very highly anticipated game that's out tomorrow and i've been getting lambasted on twitter for the past like 36 hours because i am like the one person who decided to say something slightly negative about it it's not even negative it's just like it's a from software game this is not designed for people who like easy mode like me there's no level settings there's no difficulty options i played it for for like 30 45 minutes and i died five times like <laughs> just not for me and a lot of people on twitter didn't like that but anyway if part of the reason i talk about this is because if you know, if you're like immersed in the game world and you know from software, you know these are the people who did Dark Souls. Like, of course, it wouldn't be for you. But like, A, they've been talking about this game being easier than the rest. And B, um, not everybody follows like studios. People, a lot of people who play games don't follow this stuff. That's and so, true. This is a super buzzy game that if you aren't familiar. And so like, I just, I try to talk about it because if you are an easy mode gamer, and you enjoy like casual gaming there's no it's not just that there's no easy mode and you're gonna die a lot there's no quest log there's this is there's no like real like like there's no like side quests there's no this is a game you're supposed to experience and live in and for like 500 hours and just that doesn't appeal to some people so if that does not appeal to you <laughs> skip elden ring if that if if dying all the time appeals to you then buy it but i'm not saying i am not i'm not saying it's a bad game i am just saying like please know what you're going into because like i have the i know the heartbreak of like spending like 70 dollars on a game yes. and then in the first like 30 minutes being like this is just so not for me and that sucks it's, so it's so refreshing to have like a perspective like that because i feel like so often it's i feel like it's very new to be able to discuss gaming in that kind of very realistic way of like I am yeah like you and I think are very similar in terms of our approach to gaming which is yeah like I'm not I'm not sitting down to play a video game because I want a challenge that is yes literally never the reason that I am playing a video game no, no. at least not like a, a challenge of making sure I can press my button at the right time like that's right. not the, the challenge I want are like riddles and like puzzles and and I want to immerse myself in a story and care about yeah. character in that way um but something like like El what is it? Elden Ring like see I don't even Elden know Ring, what yeah. the, like I was like I don't even know what the game is but if I had seen that pop up where it sounds like kind of fantasy it yes and like, it is right it sounds like interesting it sounds like something I could potentially be interested in and if somebody was like yeah the game's so good the world's so good and I bought it for $70 and then that's what I got I would have been like yeah. I hate everything <laughs> Like it's based on like I supposedly it's based on like George R. R. Martin world oh, or world building. Game. That's this game. Oh yeah, that game. That's the thing. Cool. That's the thing. It looks really cool, and I am honestly not a hundred percent certain I'm done with it because like the way they talk about it being easier than like Dark Souls, it's it's not a linear game. Mm -hmm. So if you're if you encounter a boss and you're like I can't beat them, you can just turn around and walk the other way. Okay. 
So in that sense, it's easier because it gives you more choice in what you do, but you are going to die all the time. That's kind of, that's the way these games work. And so it's just like how much of that frustration are you willing to put up with? And I'm not saying it's right or wrong, whether you are like, you know, I don't mind dying all the time. Like, that's great. And frankly, like, maybe I will go back to it, but I, I, you know, like, yeah, like. Is it something like something of something like Breath of the Wild, right? When Breath of the Wild came out, which we I think we can all agree is one of the best games ever made. Yeah. One, Breath of the Wild had the benefit of like, you know, Zelda, you know what you're getting into in terms of difficulty level, you know what you're getting into. That doesn't mean that when I played the first time I played Breath of Zelda and like a guardian came out, I knew I definitely immediately died. Like 100% was like, I don't know how to kill this. I don't know what I'm doing. But Zelda, you have the knowledge base of, one, there was, like, a storyline to follow. Like, there was, like, this thing that you're attempting to do. And, two, you have an understanding of, like, Link, based on previous games, how Link continues to evolve to the point where you would have the stuff you need and the knowledge base of how to do how to play the game to beat these bigger bosses. Something yeah. like Elden Ring, if you're not like I wouldn't be able to tell you anything about that studio or anything. Like Exactly. And so you and I think a lot of people have compared Elden Ring to Breath of the Wild hmm. because of because of that you are dropped in this world where there's not a lot of instruction. You don't know what there is going on and you just kind of make you know this like there's this overall mythology the same way that that they explain to you and you're searching for the elden ring you know that that's all you know and so it is similar in that way um and i could have kept playing and i would have found things to do where i wouldn't have died is the thing i am not saying this is an absolutely impossible terrible game but and and it's more that like it was going to be frustrating like I was going to die a lot and it's just like that's not the experience I look for in games right and so that's it's just not for me and if that's not the experience you look for in games and like there are some people who absolutely love like dying and like learning every little thing they yeah. can learn and then coming back and like applying those things and I think that's really res- I that's, wanna, that's fine but I want to do that without dying yes <laughs> Like, I, I want to... I don't want to lose do. all my runes right. every time I... Right. Like, like, on this game, you like, every time you die, you lose your runes. No. And I'm like... No, I hate yeah. that. I was, yeah. And I was just like, God damn it. And then, like, I just kept... I kept dying. And then, like, the first time I died, they hadn't even taught me how to fight yet. No. So I'm just, like, pressing, like, like pulling, like, the triggers. and like, how do I fight? And then at one point, I ran out of magic, and they hadn't explained. And, like, then they taught me how to fight a little oh, no, bit. I don't like and then I ran all. out of magic. I ran out of magic, and then, like, I would just, like, wave my staff, and nothing would happen. And I'm like, why am I dying? Oh, that's amazing. Like, why is this staff not working? And then I saw that a bar was empty. And so I'm, like, trying to figure out, because, like, of course, like, they taught me, but I can't remember how to switch weapons. Like, uh, and so, like, I'm trying to switch weapons and figure out like oh my god it was a disaster oh god but like that's, that's the thing and then like i'm going through this like this to the you know you know the um, the beginning is always kind of a little bit of a tutorial so yeah. i'm going through this like tutorial and like they're like press like x y triangle like no, right can't. trigger to block and i'm like <laughs> i'm literally reading all this and cannot do it while i'm reading it much less like that's like a skill set that's like a gaming skill set i don't have and i yeah and I'm, that's the thing right? combos yeah, can't and I can't it. remember it. I can't remember it. And so, like, 
yeah so then I got the shit kicked out of me again and again and I was like nope I'm out <laughs> this sucks <laughs> yeah I finally got out of the fr- basically like I literally got out of the first hidden dungeon I was like oh daylight I can go start exploring and I like immediately died like I like walk out of the dungeon and there's this guy in a horse that like just beats nope. the shit out of me and I'm like okay nope nope, nope no I'm thank done. you I'm done not I'm interested done. in this uh so yeah so anyway that, so, that yeah, was, that's all to say Elden that's Ring. Elden Ring. <laughs> Elden Ring comes out tomorrow <laughs> if it is your jam I am happy for you and I really hope you enjoy it and so like but I hope all the Elden Ring fans right? are really happy like I do like I I will not be playing it but I really hope like a lot of people are really excited about this game and it's gotten fantastic reviews and I, ho- I really hope it's everything that you know they've been waiting for because I know what it's like to get like that really anticipated mm-hmm. game and then it actually be everything you want more like that happened to me with horizon forbidden west like it was yeah. it's already my game of the year so i mean that's the okay. thing about criticism right and right. we talk about that too where it's like a critic is not there to convince you one way yeah. or the other the critic is like like i like you i like reading your game stuff not just because it's you but because we have such a similar like uh, approach to gaming and I know that your approach to gaming is likely going to be a strong indicator of whether or not I like a game versus someone who is more inclined to be like I want to learn every combo I want to or like someone who's like I like speed runs like you find people you find critics that you're attuned to and that who you whether or not you agree all the time you have an understanding of where they're coming from and why they talk about games the way they talk about games or whatever it is yep yep um and it's i will close with a lot of people are calling me like oh you're not a serious gamer on twitter i'm like cares like like i was like my my column at wired is literally called casual gamer like Like, guys you're not insulting me here (laughs) like correct um (laughs) you are the thing you say you are yes yes you're right like (laughs) Oh god, I love it. I love it. Uh okay. okay. So one more March thing. The Batman, oh, which yeah, is another Batman. movie I f- I didn't realize was coming out Man. because I know. It's been forever. It got delayed. It's shot like in like it's sh- it feels like I was going back through because I feel like I've been following it from the minute that Robert Pattinson got a, got attached to it because I think not that I like like obviously I've been deep in my DC stuff for the last 6 7 months. Um, and I was familiar and I like the Batman movies and I like, like whatever, but Robert Pattinson is such a choice a, and not a bad one, not I a bad one, not a bad one, but there is a specific experience you can rely on when he is attached to a project, which is a really fun press cycle. I love his GQ profiles. They're always so entertaining to read and surprisingly sometimes like you'll get really like wonderful moments out of them um not just like bananas ones like the pasta pillow sandwich thing he tried to make during quarantine um like the latest one came out a couple weeks ago but also I feel like he like it's he picks weird shit to do he picks weird movies I was like that means this movie is gonna be weird yeah and I'm into that. I'm into a weird Batman movie. I we neither. I know screenings have been happening. They're saying it's like going to go back to basics, Batman. Like he's like just sort of put on the cowl and like that kind of stuff. Um, and it's funny because I just watched uh, on HBO Max Batman: The Long Halloween Parts One mm-hmm. and Two, 
which I think are kind of take place sort of like maybe in just after that era, but it's a lot of Batman like fucking up and not being the detective we know him to be and like learning that process. And it's going to be, I think I'm, I'm interested in it, but I have no expectations going into it. Yeah. Even if it's bad, I think I'll probably end up liking it. Just as long as it does something a little bit different, like, I mean, I'm still, like, dying for my slice of life. Like, just, like, adapt the webtoon, Wayne Family Adventures. Give me my happy Bat fam, like, in kooky adventures. Like, I'll be very content. But in the meantime, I'll pick up God, Zoe you're gonna Kravitz love and Goth- our pets. Huh? You're going to love Gotham Knights. Like, the oh, Bat fam. It's, I like, am, all Bat fam. I am, like, like die. I actually literally last night I, like, Googled to be, like, have there been any updates about when this game is freaking updates? coming out? And the most recent one was a month ago when they were, like, no, we promise it's still coming out in 2022. And, like, I don't want you stressing out the, like, gaming company. Let people work at a an appropriate pace. Like, it will come out when it comes out. But I just wish they would, like, tell us. Yeah, Court <laughs> like, of Owls. I mean, man, like if you re- if you if you oh, it's read so it, good. Like, oh, it's so good. Like, oh, it's so good. It's so good. I'm so um, excited. I love them so much. I know it's gonna be. I, I'm really excited. I think I think the movie's gonna be good. I'm excited to see it. I think the game's gonna be good. I can't wait to play it and talk about it. Um, <gasps> and then, okay, so one another piece of news. Uh, there was there's a new Star Wars book coming out. We were both really excited yes. about. Yes, it is called The Princess and the Scoundrel and by Beth Revis or is it Revis or Revis? Revis it's funny. She's a friend and I'm like I've never said her name out loud. Yep. Beth Revis. Um <laughs> uh and it is Han and Leia getting married in their honeymoon. I know, I'm so excited. I love so Beth wrote a Jin Erso book way back in the day, like right around Rogue One obviously uh era and it's one of my favorite Star Wars books, actually. It's so good. It's such a great character study of Jin and like kind of leading up to where we see her in Rogue One and how you know she became that person. Um, and so like I am so excited to see Beth's take on Leia and Han and like their romance. Like I just I think it's gonna be really good. <laughs> I think it's gonna be fantastic. I think it's gonna be like Star Wars like action romance novel, yes. and I am so excited for it because like it's also it takes place in the um aftermath of the battle of endor and Mm -hmm. like i think before the battle of jakku so it's going to be like basically they go on their honeymoon and the empire still isn't defeat like so there's going to be a lot of like political stuff and like it's uh, it's gonna be good yeah i'm really excited all right i don't know what what, i don't know what this is yeah the last one's all me because i talk about weird sports on here uh f1 drive to survive is netflix's formula one show i actually think you'd really love it um i was like not into formula one racing yeah okay but the thing is i had never seen formula one before i started no. watching the show but it, it, what it is is they take an entire season of the sport of formula one car racing and turn it into like a documentary where oh. they like interview the and they, they like focus okay. on like the dramas and the rivalries and it really feels like I'm like if they if more sports were covered like this I would watch because you know how when you're into a sport and you just like watch the commentary because all you're looking for is those pieces and yeah, those little yeah. nuggets about like the rivalry and like oh this coach is a little bit dirty plays this coach <laughs> plays dirty that type of stuff and like they they just give it all to you in like a series yeah, it's so good. And like I have I had I will admit I had no interest and no, no like investment huh. and I knew nothing about Formula 1 but literally like it was like like 
you know, mid to late 2020, like everything that has had come out that was produced before the pandemic had come out and there was nothing, you know, like it was just like one of those things where like we were like desperate for content and I can't, came up on Netflix. I was looking for something my husband and I could watch together. And I'm like, huh, I bet he would watch this with me. <laughs> so I just kind of started it. And like we got through, I think it was three seasons in like two weeks. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, and, and like, and we've just been waiting for the fourth season because it is so good. And like, um, I, can't I, I, believe I think there it's really are already. Good three seasons of this no show. I'm telling you it's so good and like I guarantee you now that I've talked to you about it you're gonna start seeing people talk about it everywhere it's one of those things like it's actually a really popular show it, it just like it's just one of those things like you don't know because like no everyone's like f1 like I'm not gonna pay yeah it's like I'm that. just like thinking about like what even shows I don't watch like shows that but that are like zeitgeisty that end up in my like sort of you know feed or like in conversation around me like it's like love is blind right yeah. like I don't watch that show but I know so many people who do this is one that I literally had no idea existed yes that's why I put it I put it at the bottom because I was like Preeti's gonna like have no interest in this but it's actually really good and it's so interesting because like a lot of F1 is like it's a lot of money it's a lot of mm-hmm. um you know billionaires kids the billionaire mm-hmm. owner of the team puts his son in the driver's seat and then but the number one and like number one like for a long time the number one racer in the world is lewis hamilton who's a black uh, like a, who was a poor black kid from the huh. uk and he has been the, and he has dominated the sport and like i think it was the third season really got into like like some of the racism he's experienced yeah. like his up it huh. was yeah i know i'm telling you i'm, so I'm telling you it's by this. really good it's really really All right, good you convinced me i'm gonna watch at least a little bit of it yeah um it's it's really good and so, and it's it's like one of those shows you can kind of put on in the background since it's just like people talking yeah. and like it's just, and it's like footage of sports and like it's 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 okay i'm gonna stop but like I really love it, and I'm really excited that the first I season is coming. I legit thought this was going to be about biking. I thought this was going to yeah, well, be like I the mean, Tour de France or something. Really weird, like European <laughs> sports. Like yeah. that is that's my thing. <laughs> Um, all right, so that's all the news, which is hilarious. Yes. <laughs> but let's talk about video games. Okay, let's we're talking about video games. Let's let's preface this. Let's, we're going to get straight into spoilers for yes. I think both of these games. Like I think this is not if you haven't played these games and you don't want spoilers, this is not really the discussion because yeah. we both want to get into kind of the story and why we like this stuff yeah, and like kind of, that sort of stuff. So both of these games, Spider-Man for PS4 and Horizon Zero Dawn for PS4. And so um, let's start with Spider-Man, though. Okay. Um, so I sent you two clips because yes. it, it was – I sent you one that was, like, sort of focused on the story of the mainline game and then one that sort of, sort of focused on one of the DLCs, which is the Black Cat DLC because I really – there were three DLCs with the game and they're both – they're all great. Both. There's three of them. They're all great. Um, but the black, I I love Felicia Hardy clearly as like, uh, she's just a wonderful character. Um, I don't even know how to start this conversation. Like what? Okay, let me ask you then. Okay. What, okay, so we picked two different, like we picked two very different games. Yes. Um, you picked a game where you had a connection with the characters before yes. you ever sat down to the game. So like what? How did that affect your enjoyment of the story, like seeing them on screen versus what they are in your head? Or do you feel like this is the best 
depiction of them? Like, is that why you love the game? I think this is my favorite Spider-Man movie. I think I, this was, it's, this game was a long time coming. I feel like it was announced in like 2013 or 2014 or something. Like, I remember at like E3 or something like that, where they were like, we're going to do the Spider-Man game. And it it was one of those things that was very similar, I think, to Gotham Knights, where it just kept getting pushed and pushed and like, fine, make the best game you can. And they clearly did, right? Like, this is the most like non-comic Spider-Man-y, like authentic Spider-Man-y thing that I can think of. It is my favorite Peter Parker, which is like I've said many times, like early to mid 20s, like really broke, doesn't have a shit together, like making a lot of poor choices, like everything in his life is a mess, but he still works so hard and he still tries so hard. And like the game really picks up on all of the things that you love about Spider-Man from Mm -hmm. his like commitment to doing good to like his relationships to his rogues gallery to like all of it yeah um i think okay so i played probably the first couple of hours of the game Mm -hmm. but for me it was i don't have a strong connection to spider-man and for me the it's a hard game even on easy it is it is a challenging game which horizon zero dawn is as well i think Mm -hmm. that's interesting for both of us we both played these games and abandoned them because they were too hard yeah gameplay yeah because basically the story wasn't enough to keep us to pull us through difficult gameplay that's Mm -hmm. that was the the bottom the gameplay is what because like I agree with you, I think I maybe spent more time on it because I love the character so much, and I was yeah. only because I think that first fight with Wilson Fisk, oh. I died like eight thousand times. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I think, was like, I am getting through this. <laughs> yeah, um, it was really hard, and I think that's basically I did get past it, but it kind of. And I have always tended to go back because I know it's a great game, and I know I'll probably like it if I just kind of. Mm-hmm. But. Um, just so what is it about and it's interesting because you've like you've written this character Mm -hmm. now um and what is it like what is it how what is it like playing this game where you have written this you've we've we've read so many iterations of peter parker there's so many versions of him that exist like, what is it about this one? Is it just like the twenties does, doesn't have a shit together, or is it, was there more than that too? Because, like, what about what is it about the type of game it is too? Like, in terms of Aunt May, like, like, like one thing that struck me about this is like Aunt May is put into peril, and like that's kind of a trope. Tro- I don't know if it's a trope, but it's a, it's it's a standard. It's a it's a Spider Man thing. What makes it? What makes this? What made this? You know, where you might like roll your eyes at that in another what made the stakes worth it does that am i, am I making no, sense yeah, no you are you are because i think if we look at the story right it opens yeah. like um the way it kicks off is you're sort of like right into the action i think what's good about this game is it is difficult at the outset and forces you to into that immediate sort of difficult fight with wilson fisk where you are forced to like really hone your skills because the minute you get like i think the minute you get used to the buttons it is immensely easy. Like okay. the minute like you are past that and do like a few more fights, all of a sudden you'll see like where you're like, oh, I'm I am instinctively pressing the buttons I need to press. I don't have to think about because it's like it's uh, R1, I think, is the thwip and like 
So it's not like you're like, oh, triangle means this, da, da, da. It's like you start very instinctively. Like you don't have to take advantage of all of the combos on easy mode in order to beat the bad guys, which I appreciated. So like that was one part. Second is like the story starts, you take down Wilson Fisk, who is a big bad, right? Like Wilson Fisk is a big bad. And as he's leaving, he says, like, you're going to regret this. You've basically, you've created a power vacuum, Spider-Man, and someone is going to come in and fill it. And what this game does so well, and I am truly like astounded by video game writers. I think it's probably one of the hardest things to do. Um, You know, Insomniac Games did this written by John Packett, Benjamin Arfman, and Kelsey Beecham, and and a whole team of writers, because I know other writers who aren't listed there who worked in the room on this game, is that they took all these different pieces of story. So you have Martin Lee shows up, who is Mr. Negative. Um, The Sinister Six is there. Like, all you're, you're fighting all these bad guys. And it could be a mess. Like, it could feel, like, formulaic. It could feel, okay, I beat Rhino. Next is, you know... Doc Ock next is and feel very like a linear story and it is a linear story but it could feel like very uh, stage based Mm -hmm. which what they do instead is integrate these villains into Peter's personal story in a way where it feels so human and it feels like the stakes are so high like the score there's like I can't remember if they go into this in the video I sent you but there's this whole sequence with Scorpion where there's this like psychedelic drug that Peter's actually like accidentally ingested and you're trying to fight him while sort of going through this like mental breakdown of dealing with like all the ways you've messed up. And there are all, there are all these emotional through lines. So it makes so much sense for aunt May to end up being sort of the linchpin of it all. And the final choice that Peter has to make at the end of this game because it's what you've been building towards. Everything has an emotional component to it. Like there's okay. never like a situation that you're in a fight where there isn't a reason for it. Which feels very real, true to Peter Parker. Yes. Like there is, you know, you'll have your comic one shots and you'll have these moments where he's like in these fights because it's the right thing to do because you're saving people like period. That's it. But the, game builds the mystery and builds the story in such a way that like you know you start off in your do- your Dr. Octavius's assistant you have a deep connection with this man he's your mentor so like at the end fight like my heart breaks when they have that final confrontation right when Peter is like screaming at him and Doc Ock is screaming back at him and it felt not just like a hero versus a villain but like two people who cared about each other who just weren't going to see eye to eye on this thing yeah oh it's so heartbreaking and it's so good i think i don't under like i also don't understand how game writers do it i don't Um, know but how like because it's not just writing the character it's not Mm. just the story but it's also having to like write dialogue for every eventuality yes like, especially in these like games where you can kind of choose though i'm not sure if spider-man is a game where like you can affect the end, like you know or do things in different orders or stuff like that but like in some of these games where that's the case like i just to, i don't understand i think about it as like a big like with spider-man i think of it as like uh if you're looking at like you have point a and you're getting to point z 
right? But it's not a straight line. It's like mm-hmm. a thousand strands that go into these wide, you know, opposite arcs and then join back up at the end of the story. But it's like a, like a thousand strands instead of right. like plot A, plot B, plot C, plot D, right? Yeah, yeah. And that I think like, so you watched, I like, I'm curious, you watched this video and obviously yeah. it's like very tight, but how did you react to the story of it since? I was like, <laughs> the Aunt May stuff. I, I was like, oh I cried at the end. I, I was like really emotional because like, I, uh, like I was surprised. Honestly, it was not, that like was just not what I expected from I like know. the little bit I had played. Um, and it made me want to play it. Like it made me want to like, really experience this but like it's it's it it it's I was completely and and like the I had no idea like the Miles stuff was in the first mm-hmm. game like I yeah. knew he was a character but I didn't realize how much of that they had for the like second game or the sequel-ish yeah that they had threaded through that first game but like I also didn't realize like just how much of spider-man lore was in this first game like that's a lot and like so I, much i just i was just kind of like and not in a but like like wow you're putting a lot in this game what about the sequels do you know in, <laughs> in that sense you know what i mean like i was like oh you're using a lot of villains in this game but like the stuff about harry osborne oh, i know it's they do i just like i keep coming back to like i don't know how they did it because also what's you know we say it's the best spider-man movie ever but it's part of it is that because you're playing it as a game, it's forcing you to really be a part of Peter's choices. Like, yes, mm-hmm. it's a, a limited mm-hmm. number of choices. Yes, it's like putting you into this story that the game that the writers have decided that you are part of. But you are interacting with it. It is, it is like you said, experience. It is a it is an experiential piece of narrative, and so I think that's why those points hit so hard like when when you make the choice about aunt may like yeah it's a it's a choice that the game has to make but you feel as though as a player like you are making this choice like you are sacrificing this person to save the city did did it give you any like a did did playing as peter give you like a new understanding of or different understanding of the character at all do you think because like this is a character you know really well (laughs) Uh, I think it more kind of validates what you know about the character, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it brings in, you know, pe- like Spider-Man is quippy and funny and there's a lot of that. The writing is very strong in the game. The dialogue is very funny at times, like very smart, heartbreaking, all those things. But something that's important for Spider-Man, I think, is a through line of grief and and how different people deal with different types of grief. Yeah. So there's a lot of loss. There's Miles dealing with loss. There's MJ dealing with like, figuring out how her relationship with Peter works. Like there's Peter obviously dealing with loss. Like I think that the writers really understood what people like about Spider-Man. Yeah. Beyond the surface level of he's the everyman hero. He's, you know, funny. He's like, we all get it. It's, there is such like a, depth of humanity to Spider-Man's story because who doesn't understand what it feels like to lose someone and have regret in missed opportunities with that person and like you know all these things are like I'm so excited for when the next 
Peter. Like, I loved the Miles Morales game. I thought it was really good. It was too short for me. Like, my complaint is I just wanted more. Um, but I'm excited to see the kind of Spider-Man we're going to get after contending with what he went through in this first game. And that, I yeah. think, is a huge, like, mark, right? Well, and that was part of the... I, I found the DLC story so shocking because oh, it right. went from, like... It went from, like, oh, fun, like, heist to, like, really serious Yes. Stuff, to, oh, she got, she double-crossed him to, oh, like, oh, shit, is she dead? Like, it was so the good. emotional beats of this <laughs> whole team were like, wait, wait, what, what, what? I love it. When you find out when she's, like, so, like, the DLC is, uh, oh, my God. And she's I like, like oh, this may be your son. Like, my it kids might be your kid. Maybe your right here we'll talk about it later and he's just like oh shit oh shit mj's this, gonna kill me and then she, he's like wait was there even a kid he, she's like eh. no not really it's such a great reveal and i know it's like so fucked up it's so fucked up i'm not saying it's not fucked up no and i'm not saying like that's the thing though is like felicia hardy she's like she's sort of like this like uh presence in the in the main game right like she exists she clearly has a history with peter we never see her She's just, like, affecting the story from without it. Here, she's, like, in it, and she is allowed to exist as this character who is complicated. Like, in the comics, Black Cat makes choices that you're, like, you're not a hero. And she's, like, yeah, "Yeah, you're right. I'm not a hero. I might do things that are good, and I'll do things that maybe considered not so good you know and that's what makes her such a fun character and such a great character for the peter parker of these games to have a relationship with it because mj i love that you got to play as mj in that first Mm -hmm. game and i love the way they wrote mj which is with independence she has her own story she has her own stuff going on um outside of peter like it it happens that their stories tend like end up joining but she is doing it independently. But Felicia is such an interesting character and such a fun one to be that, like, just, like, <laughs> like that's such an awful thing to do to someone. It's so terrible. I, I like, like, I, like, like, paused it and, like, was, like, laughing out loud because I was like, oh, my God. This is, like, so bad. It's so bad. But, like, it's such a great, like, of course. Of course, that's something that Spider-Man would go through. And of course, like Black Cat knows him and she knows how to exploit him. And so she does what she needs to do. And it's just, oh, I loved it. I loved it so much. It's so good. And like the whole, like it was just like an emotional journey. Cause like, yes. I, what, you know, I'm sure the DLC is like 10 hours or something, but I watched it in like, you know, like a 15 minute video and I was like, oh, 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 oh. Like, but even in the when you're playing it, you know, f- the full length game, like that moment, I will never forget when I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, that is so messed up. But that is a choice. <laughs> that was a choice. I can't even like I can't be mad at you because they give you enough of like black cat that you're not like, oh, she sucks. Like, yeah, you know, you don't they don't treat her like she's a horrible person you are feeling for her what peter feels for her which is she's complex she's made choices but he like believes in her goodness <laughs> like 
Well, and it's like, it's interesting because like writing a female character like that goes back to one of my favorite parts of the Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness trailer, which is when Wanda is like, you know, I don't know exactly, remember exactly what she says, but something like we've both made choices. Why am, why are, why Why am I I the villain? villain? And it's like, it's the same thing because would we like, like if a man made a similar like you would I think writers hesitate to write women like that yes because they'll always be seen as the villain versus a man can do something like and so I I think it's 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 great I mean what she did was not great but I think it's like it's like good that like we can write a complex you know she doesn't have to be a great a a great person she doesn't have to be a terrible person she can be both she can be neither. I love her. I love her so much. I just so did you, you have written, uh, like the like you were talking about, like playing the game from MJ's point of view. Mm-hmm. You without you know because you you cannot tell us what happens in your upcoming novel. <laughs> but did the portrayal of any of playing experiencing playing as any of these characters did it affect your uh your 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 writing of of them at all? I think what it showed me is that you can have this like independent source that was like independent story for all the characters, right? Like that was something that was really important to me and something I talked about with the team at Marvel from the beginning, which is that, you know, this like my book is not an adaptation. It is like wholly original. And I was very like clear that I was like, Mary Jane like needs to have her own stuff going on she needs to have her own life her own story she is just as important as Spider-Man as Peter and so the the book shifts POV like you get there are three POVs uh in the book and it's two of them are Peter and MJ and MJ like it's like that same thing where they're like start a little separate like obviously they're friends and you know they go to school together but it like builds to where they're meeting up and there are two things like might happen to engage and they might happen to not. But I think that's something the game did really well and absolutely influenced the way I wanted MJ to be a person. Like it's just, it's so thoughtful. Like it was, there's a scene in the game where she's like, she and Peter have dinner at her apartment and she's like sitting on the couch and she's like, Justin just like jeans and a shirt I think and she has her ponytail up and she just looks like a normal person like just like a normal person and it's just like I put it up against that very famous cover where MJ's like in that impossible like uh, pose on the cover and wearing a super tight Spider-Man t-shirt and like super tight jeans and like holding a coffee cup and it's like you know it's like a very pretty piece of art but it's like an impossible way that someone would be sitting on a couch. And the two scenes just side by side, just I was just like, this is incredible. Like this the the Mary Jane they have in this game is like an incredible Mary Jane. I love it. I love it. I know. I I'm so excited. I, I hope like you if you pick it up now, like if you have time, like I hope that you like enjoy it as much and as think- the story. One thing about Spider-Man and that I have I have absorbed over the uh, you know years since this game has come out is it's not the story is good and everyone loves the story but it's like the gameplay and the mechanics of like web swinging and stuff like that that people really love yeah. about the game so it's not like knowing all this like ruins the game right. for me by any stretch yeah it's a fun I mean that's the other side of it is like I think this is one of the first times they got like the move they had the technology to get the movement 
Yeah. Which was very cool because he's such a unique character in how he moves. And also they like built New York City. Like it's a truncated New York City. But they built like I like love getting Spider-Man on the corner of like Prince and Broadway, basically, which is where I used to work. <laughs> like, like obviously the like scholastic building was not there, but they had a building that looked like it could have been the scholastic building. <laughs> Like, this is so cute. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it's a, this was delightful. Um, I don't know that there's anything else other than, like, just to very quickly shout out Yuri Lowenthal, who was so good as the voice. I thought you were going to shout out your own book, man. I was like, <laughs> I think she's going to do it. She's going to nope. do self-promo. Spider-Man's um, Social Dilemma comes out. July 12th. 2022 uh yeah spider-man social dilemma you can pre-order it now i am going to do a pre-order campaign i i mean i'm saying that i've not gotten approval on this i've not like asked but i'm going to i want to do one so if you do end up pre-ordering it just hold on to your receipt yes (laughs) uh okay now horizon zero dawn so I I like I am advantaged in this discussion because Spider-Man is something I'm very familiar with even if it's like not my thing. Right. I know a lot about Spider-Man. Watching the Horizon Zero Dawn video I sent you, I was overwhelmed and yeah. I am intimately familiar with this world and like <laughs> it's just so much information. Like the game is so complicated. There's so much. So, like, I totally understand if, like, you were like, oh, that was a lot. No, I mean, I will say this. Like, I played, same to you, I played, like, a few hours of it a couple years ago. I think I played, like, my brother, my brother loves this game. Yeah. And he doesn't understand. He's always like, how can you not like it? And I was like, it's not that I don't like it. It's that there's something very specific in the sci-fi aspect of it that, I genuinely sort of think that if it wasn't robot animals and it was like actually beasts, I would be obsessed no. with this game. Yeah. I think if it was magic, I yes. think you would be in, like, Preeti and I actually, we should have had this discussion on the podcast so we could refer back to it. Cause I feel like we've referred to it a lot, but we actually sat down one day and kind of hashed out like, because we have such similar tastes, but there are things that work for Preeti that don't work for me mm-hmm. in storytelling. And there are things that work for me that don't work for her. And I think we realize that one of those things is technology. Yes. And like kind of sci-fi. You're okay with space magic. Yes. It's not space, but it's just like science, hard science fiction, like where a huge emphasis on technology is just like. Ugh. Yeah, it just, it's too much for me. So, but I, I think. The gameplay was, I had the same situation with you as you did with Spider-Man where I was like, it's a little, it's like a little too hard for me. It is hard. In something that I'm not immediately obsessed with. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the first, like first game, they did introduce a story mode apparently uh, as like a patch. Well, that's um, exciting. Which I didn't realize, but uh, I imagine I'm actually going to go back through and replay the first game at some point. Um, I mean, I just replayed it, but I'm going to do it again now that I have them both because of I course. love them so much. But uh, apparently, that makes it much easier. So that is um, that is that is good. I'm glad because even like the easy mode on that game was hard. Yeah, uh, I definitely struggled through it. And um, I'm like not a good bow and arrow person and a shooting yeah. person. Like I much prefer swords, like yes. to anything. <laughs> 
Yeah, and it's not a melee game. The melee combat is so inartful in the game. Mm-hmm. It's not enjoyable. Um, it really is. Like, it is a game that, like, it is one of the few games where I have taken the time to actually learn how to play it and enjoy mm-hmm. it much better because yeah. the melee, at first time I played it, I just did it all melee and I enjoyed the story so much it was fine, but the experience was not fun. And it's only like once I learned to um, play the game, I like really started to appreciate how artful the combat could be. Um, if you so you know the story like I watched the video and the story was great like I I really I I can I could 100% see sort of like where what pieces of it were pulling you and yeah. like why it would like scratch that itch itch for you um and it was it was really interesting in combining sort of because I think when I saw like the imagery initially for this game several years ago, I assumed it was like some kind of fantasy or some kind of like mm-hmm. mythologically based thing. And it and it is like it twists that, right? Like what? Yeah. Like I know that, but like can you talk about that? Like can you talk about it? like what the pieces are that like when you started playing this game, when was the moment that you're like, "Oh, holy shit, I love this game." Yeah, I think that's a, like that's a really good question because like part of my struggle with this game is um was with this game was the thing that attracted me to it at the beginning was the main character Aloy. Like you start out playing her as a child and I yes. really hate playing kids. Like I have a kid, so I feel like I can say that now without sounding like <laughs> a terrible person. I still don't like playing kids. I thought people were like, "Oh, no, once you have a kid, you'll love reading like you know, from the perspective of seven-year-olds and you'll look, no, it's just, it's not for me. I don't like, so like I started this game, I was like, oh no, this is not for me. But I, I kept, th- I kept with it just because like I was intrigued enough by what was going on. But then mm-hmm. I think what actually drew me to it was Aloy herself is the main character. So it starts out with Aloy. She is born into this tribe called the Nora, but she's not really born. She is found outside the outside a mountain like there's the sacred right. mountain that they worship as called the all mother and she's found outside the doors there, there are these mysterious doors inside the mountain that they've never been able to open and she's just like found outside these doors and this is a matriarchal tribe so not having a mother means she's an outcast she's, mm-hmm. she's raised as an outcast shunned by the tribe and then she is you know she's going to go prove herself to the tribe basically in this yearly ceremony they have and um like gain her place within the tribe it's not it doesn't even seem like it's something she wants which i found super interesting like she doesn't really want to belong she hates all these people who right. shunned her she doesn't really want to belong but she just wants to prove she's better than them like it's it, <laughs> which, which is awesome I, yes like i love aloy and she's what drew me um to this game i think if she wasn't so compelling i don't think i would have because the story itself unfolds very slowly like that bat that cool the cool backstory yeah this is actually like a post-apocalyptic earth and this terrible terrible guy ted ferrer created all these robots these like war robots and they basically they're able to self-replicate like they're able to they have this like biomass fuel conversion system where they're able to like eat grass eat trees eat people like they're able to like basically convert any mass in order to create more robots so they're self-replicating and then they stop responding to human to human uh to human commands and Mm -hmm. they just start self-replicating and uh, are protecting themselves above everything else and start like basically strip mining the earth yeah so they 
uh, Elizabeth Sobeck, who is kind of like the hero of the story uh, in the past, realizes that there is no way to combat this this fleet of robots by the time they're able to it's going to take like something like a thousand years just to hack the code right the robot code to be able to shut them down and by then you know they have like they have like five years not even five years they have like three years before the robots just make the earth uninhabitable and, and consume everything so basically she comes up with this plan to create these ai that will repopulate the earth after they're gone to save the human race and that is like that's what Project Zero Dawn is. It's this plan to, you know, it's this one last shot at saving the human race. But, you know, and so, which I think is, and you find this out over the course of, you know, dozens of hours. Like, you know, it's like just little bits of information at a time you visit these like old, you know, places. And so a like, you have to be really invested in Aloy's journey to even learn any of this. Yeah, right. Like, I feel like it's interesting, like, uh, like when I was talking about Spider-Man, where you have point A to point B, and it's like two, like, just all these threads that like branch out and then come back together. With Zero Dawn Horizon, it feels like you have point A to point B, but you have sort of like two threads and one is going at this speed and one is going at a different speed and integrating yes. those two together and it like where it's not so much an arc as it is like sort of like a par- I don't know a parallelogram I can see this no in my head, it is but like it is right it's it is it's super complicated and like you have to be like the first draw has to be Aloy because it's her yeah. story basically the approving uh, which is when she's going to go prove herself to the tribe it gets attacked all the people get slaughtered except for her and her job becomes to be becomes to go figure out who killed them and it turns out all of that is tied into right. like all of this so basically the world is ending because the ai that has been that has been um like overseeing the terraforming functions for all this time received a signal from an unknown source and um, basically, all the AI became self-aware and escaped her control. And a couple of them are intent on killing humans now. Mm-hmm. And she, the Ga- Gaia, which is the name of the AI, just self-destructs. And so that's – and so basically, it's like Aloy has to go and, like, figure out – get all this backstory, figure all this out, and then finds out she's the reincarnation of Elizabeth Sobeck. Mm-hmm. She was cloned. That that facility that her tribe worships is a cloning facility, and she's a clone. And so the reason that that's significant is she has the genetic profile to be able to enter all these facilities. Yeah. Nobody else does. So literally, it can only be her. And the fascinating thing about all of it is the game is just, like, fighting it's just it's the game is just about fighting one ai there's all these rogue ais yeah the game is just fighting one ai you never figure out in horizon zero dawn where that original signal came from that caused gaia to self-destruct you never there's so many lingering questions at the end of it Mm -hmm. like what's going on with all the other ai what there's so many lingering questions and that's like right where horizon forbidden west picks up and it's it's such a good story. Like, the storytelling is, like, mind-blowing in that, like, I don't understand how they kept me hooked for long enough to find out all of this information. That's, I, yeah, I think that's Like, I don't key. understand. It's so because layered. It is so layered, and so much of it you don't find out until really close to the end of the game. And it's just, like, I am, like, this is why, like, I talk about how complicated narrative 
is and like how hard it is to write for games. Like I look at it and I'm like, I spent like probably 60, 70 hours. And it's one thing if like you're, it's one thing if, you know, like it's like, it's like really hardcore story the whole time, but it's Mm -hmm. not. It, most of it, 90% of it is just Aloy trying to figure out what the hell is going on in her world. And like, disdaining like all these tra- she's like I don't care about your beliefs like I need to do my thing like it's <laughs> she's great Aloy is fantastic but um yeah it's I, I am mean, that's just part of it right they're relying on uh I think that's that was a smart choice where they're like okay this story is very complicated and the reveals are going to be doled out in these like teeny tiny pockets of information yeah. that will build up to something mind-blowing so we need a character at the center of it who our players can get immensely attached to. Yes. Yeah, and- no, and I think she's she is. And she's an outcast from everyone, which helps mm-hmm. in terms of like you see the world through an outcast's eyes and you can kind of be removed from all of it. And she is. She is very removed from everything. Mm-hmm. And it's – um. It's, I don't know, it's just so well done. And the story is so compelling and so tragic in some ways. Like, like in terms of, like, the human life was wiped out. And this there's just, like, this one chance to, you know, make it right. And to, to, to you know, to repopulate the world. And, like, the, the, the foresight, like, can you, like, I don't know. It's, well, it's no, I a think lot. Something that I think you talk a lot about when you're reading or like when you're watching something is world building, right? And yeah. so can you like that was one of the complicated aspects of like when I was like trying to sort of like catch up on like what the story was and what struck me was like how they had to not only have a character you care about, but create a system that has enough familiarity that like you can get it and you're not spending so much time like in the back of your head, like how does this really work, you know, but could conceivably exist post post apocalypse. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's, in, it's fascinating because they not only had to build the character, they had to build the future world. They also yep. had to build the world in the past. Yes. Like there's two different worlds, two different sets of characters they have to develop and everything in the future world is overlaid on things of like, so like, so, so we're, we're talking about the landscape of kind of Colorado and Utah. And so you can go and like, like one of the big locations in Horizon Forbidden West, which I am not ruining or anything like that is Las Vegas like the ruins of Las Vegas and like one of the, like, like it's, 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 so it's these. Oh my, it's like, so it's, it's like narratively layered, but it is also quite literally layered. Yes. Like you are like literally like, like, like one of the big locations. So it's less like that in, in, because in Horizon Zero Dawn, they don't want you to know what's going on for a long time. They don't really want you to know, even if like in like, you've read in an interview like when you're going into the game like even if you know you're in a post-apocalyptic united states they don't want you to know that so they don't right but like there's like a, there's a there's a um there's one of the main missions is set in the ruins of an old office building and you have to climb like and like like 50s and if you're looking at the map and you're like you zoom in you're like that looks like a stadium mm-hmm. and then you go and you see like it's a football stadium you know like it's it's just it's very creepy. Mm-hmm. It's very like in really, really well done. And like, like one of the locations is basically like Red Rocks. Like, yeah, like it's like it's like super interesting and well done. And then you know, Horizon for a bit of West, they take it 
even further because now you know the story you know mm-hmm. where you are and then so they can really like like one of the coolest things is like like swimming through an underwater san francisco Man, it's it, really cool it sounds you know what it's it sounds like a a like taking something like assassin's creed to like an even like further step right yeah and i think the thing that works for me that doesn't necessarily work about the assassin's creed games in these games is nothing feels like busy work a lot of the assassin's creed games feel like busy work the overall stories are not that compelling like there's some weird it does because like with the assassin's creed game there's also this like overarching layer of like the present mm-hmm. and then yes. like which yes. nobody unless you played like every game i do not understand it. No. i played like three assassin's creed games i do not understand that whole like could not tell you in assassin's creed you have the past and you have the present it's two very separate things and they integrate for whatever reasons the game tells us they are meant to integrate whereas in this they are integrated from the beginning and I actually think this might be where I fell off a little bit because I do remember playing and she falls into that place that she falls into and I was like what is happening like I don't wait and then I got really thrown by like oh no this is actually like science like this is gonna be science yes (laughs) yes there's there's a lot of technology, a lot of robotic stuff involved. And yeah, no, it is very jarring. And I think it's supposed to be. I think that's mm-hmm. the point. Like this is the idea is this is not what you thought it would be. Like you're yeah. literally like falling down the rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. Um, with Aloy. Yes. And so um no, and I think I think just the way it's all woven through seamlessly and I just like like I played this game and spent so much time on like the wiki whatever the horizons are done wiki is because i just needed to know more about this world and understand mm-hmm. like figure out like because like it's there's so much information that you don't un- you almost don't know what you don't know like it's right. like it's like i was like so do we know where that the, the signal came from that you know caused uh that you know led guide to self-destruct from and then i'm like oh no we don't know where that came from oh i probably know what horizon forbidden west was about you know, like, and so, like, it, it's like, it's like they, they've, they've, they've put all the threads of like, yeah, whatever this is going to be. I think it's mapped out as a trilogy. That would make sense to me. But I also know that they're, they're trying to make this into a whole franchise. So it wouldn't be surprised if it keeps going, even if Aloy is not always the main character. Um, I think they should. She shouldn't be right. Like, I think based on because I said you know, the video you sent me also had a bit about the DLC with Hephaestus. Yes. Um. And if, like, I like the idea that it's planned out as a trilogy so that you, like, those threads that drop off in, same with, like, the the threads in Spider-Man that drop off about Harry, like, the threads that drop off about, like, the why of, like, what actually started all of this and, like, picking it back up. Or, like, how it ends with Hades actually wasn't, you know, taken down. Um, Having, like, it mapped out and planned is great, but the world, if the world is interesting enough and if the world is exciting enough to continue to play in that world is like awesome. Yeah. And I think trying to keep an overarching story going um, and not really having an end point or an end in sight is when you come up with the Assassin's Creed games mm-hmm. because they're trying to keep this overarching story going. And I think they're like contractually obligated to, I think there's a weird situation there, but like people are just like, like, I mean, I have no, I, I know some people probably really like it because they've been following since the beginning, but like, you don't have to always have that overarching story. No. You can just tell a story set in this world. Yes. Because I think if there is an overarching story, you need an, a set endpoint. 
Yes, I agree. I think you need to have that planned out. And then if you want it, that's why I think if they pick a different character, great. You can start yeah. a whole new story in that same world, right? You can, whatever that means. Um, and I'm invested enough now in this world where I would just play a story about like the Tanakhs and the Karja, mm-hmm. which are two of the tribes, without like having the you know overarching like this is connected to the old world in this way like I like these characters I like these these people and I want to know more about them so I think it's really (laughs) well done if they made a game that was like set in the current world of Horizon Zero Dawn but was about threats that didn't have to do with this like code AI thing I think I would play it no I think I think it's like there is a lot of it that it's funny because especially in the second game, there is a lot going on that feels like magic, but you know it's technology. Right. And so it is, it's really interesting. And that is, I think, an interesting thing about you and me. Like, I am very attracted to, if you were wondering why on this podcast, I have never bugged Preeti to play Mass Effect. This is exactly <laughs> why. Because I, I would love for you to play Mass Effect. I would adore that, but I just don't think it's your thing. Because it's, <laughs> it's sci-fi, it's aliens, it's technology, you know, it is, it is that. And so, and I think Picard works for you. Like, it's interesting because, like, I think Star Trek Picard specifically works for you because of nostalgia and because they don't lean on that aspect. They don't at all. It's, it is a character story. And it's a character it, story. Before anything else. And there is, when you have someone, like... When we did all those episodes about Q uh, back in the fall, what worked really well for me in that is Q is not a quantifiable technological problem. Yes, he is magic. Q is is magic. magic. Q is magic, and I love it. He is like chaos magic personified, right? Like, that is exciting. And I think Star Trek allows for the magic to exist because they don't spend all that much time on the tech side of things. Um, Right. And that is what it works very well for Trek and me specifically. It's a show where there has to be a scientific explanation, but you don't have to a make it clear in the show. Like they, there, there usually is besides Q, because Q is just like magic. But generally speaking, in in Picard, there's a scientific explanation for things, but they don't dwell on it. Mm-hmm. Which I think um, works. And by the way, uh, having seen the first episode of Picard, not that I can um, say anything about what's in the episode, but I do really stand by that recommendation list um, that I that we um, we'll put the link to that episode in the show notes, just yeah, because you know it idea. is coming up. Um, if we remember, I know we tell you all we'll put like a ton of stuff in the show notes, and we only end up putting half of it because we forget. It's just kind of like, oh yeah, we'll put just, that in the show I'm notes. I'm just gonna make a note of it really quickly. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's that that's that's the gist of Horizon Zero Dawn. I just I love this world so much. I love this character. I love all the characters. And I, I wrote a review of uh, Horizon Forbidden West uh, that does spoil Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, but I can put the we can put the link in the notes. We'll put the link to that in the notes as well. Uh, but it's basically like part of the thing I love about the series is the first game is about Aloy like figuring out her past, figuring out who she is. And what her role is in this world. And the second game is basically her learning to trust and work with other people. Because she Mm -hmm. wasn't raised working with other people. She was raised as an outcast. She doesn't have the patience or time for other people. And she's like, this is my mission. I need to save the world because I'm the only one who can. But, like, there are other people who can help you along the way. And it's her, like, basically learning to, like to like make friends and get along with people. And I love that. I think it's so well done. No, that's awesome. It's, uh, I... 
it's like one of those things where I'm like, this is something that I would love to be into. Yes. Right. Yeah, I agree. I think you would, I think you'd really enjoy being a fan of it. Mm -hmm. But like, I just, I think getting to the point, like it's a lot like so, so that's I mean even if you're just playing the main story you're still talking game. about like 30 hours it's a lot of and time and I have to like if it's it, it's like you and Witcher right like I I played every aspect of that yes. Witcher game that I possibly could I loved everything about it and it's because it is so intensely magic and it's so intensely like character driven in that way that it was I ate it up yeah um and I wanted to spend as much time in that world as I possibly could. And I was really sad when both DLCs were over. Uh, I imagine it's very similar. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel the same. Like I'm already waiting for the DLC and I'm planning like my full game replay. <laughs> a full two game replay. Like full first game plus DLC plus second game. Uh, <laughs> because nothing. Because clearly I'm not going to be playing Elden Ring. Oh man. Oh, and I guess then there we have it, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, I feel like this so, is a delightful I think five so year anniversary fun. show. I know. I think this was so much fun. <laughs> um, okay, what are we doing? Do you want to go first? Uh sure. I am going to be doing Star Trek Picard recaps at Star Trek.com. So um that is very exciting and I'm really excited about that. We'll also be talking about it here on Daisy Geek Girls. Yes. Um not every episode probably, but like every In two clumps. or three, depending on what yeah, what depending on what happens. Um I'm still writing my wired column um called Casual Gamer, um, which I'm very proud of the name because I am a casual gamer. <laughs> um I'm on TikTok at uh Swapna underscore Krishna, where I am posting probably like three to four science and space videos a week. And look out for maybe next week a fun, like, announcement of something I've been working on that I haven't been able to talk about. Yay! Yay! We're gonna, what are you we're, doing? We're going to blast it out. Um, what am I doing? The aforementioned Spider-Man book, of course. Spider-Man Social yes. Dilemma. Uh, oh, and also, which I should have mentioned while we were talking about Black Cat. Women okay, I was <laughs> sure. I was going to bring it up, and then I was like, I'm not sure you've talked publicly. You're allowed to talk publicly about who. Um... I can say, yes. So I wrote Black Cat. I wrote a Black Cat short for Women of Marvel number one, um, which is an issue which has a ton of stories, a ton of like female characters from Marvel, um, and it comes out March 9th in comic book stores or digitally if you get your comics digitally and it, yeah I got to write like it's very short it's but I'm really proud of it it's got every page is a different artist so I've seen like you know like it's beautiful like the word it's like Deb Bartel, Marguerite Sauvage like all these like amazing artists like put that it's wild like they took my script and they created something that I was like how did you do this how um but yeah that comes out March 9th so like what else those are the two big things. Oh, and Tarval and her bust. If you are, if you watched The Wheel of Time and you're reading the books, um, Jen Northington and I have a podcast where we are rereading the books, but we neither one of us remembers anything. And so there are no spoilers. Like what we talk about is as much as we have read through. And we just kicked off book five Fires in Heaven, Fires of Heaven, Fires from Heaven, Fires of Heaven. Uh, and it's, it's a good time if you're interested in like, sort of like deep reading and like narrative structure and like talking about authorial choices and things like that. We, we have a lot of fun and 
for our Patreon, Sir Tarvel and our Bust, we just kicked off a Discord, which has been a lot of, like, people are just like, it's like jokes about Wheel of Time. It is the dorkiest thing I could possibly think of, quite honestly. <laughs> uh, all right. What are you into right now? Um, so video game spies, I'm playing Pokemon Legends Arceus. I'm not sure actually how to pronounce that, but it's a new Pokemon game that I've never played a Pokemon game. Let me preface it with that. Yeah, I but was it's about been, to ask. I've never played a Pokemon <laughs> game. I like don't know anything about it except like there are these Pokemon. I mean, I played Pokemon Go for like 10 right. minutes like everybody that, uh, else. Yes. But uh, yeah, it's, um, but like a lot of people told me it's a really good game to start with and everyone's huh. like, it's like Breath of the Wild, but Pokemon. There's what? a lot less, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so what it is, is the premise of the game is you, like, just, like, are draw, like, you, like, literally fall out of the sky onto this beach, and it turns out you have an affinity for capturing Pokemon. So, like, this place is being, this town is being, um, is being, like, like, not really overrun, but there's a lot of, like, uncatalogued Pokemon in the area, and you need to go catalog them. So you have to go... Like, it's, like, go, like, capture one type of each Pokemon and, like, do, like, you have to, like, fill out your Pokedex and that's it. Is it just, and, like, like, a collection get... game? Yeah, and you basically that go on missions. really nice. No, it's really nice. Okay, and by <laughs> the way, uh, so, like, they, Pokemon Day is coming up. I literally just got this press release in my inbox. Pokemon Day is coming up and they're selling the Pokemon, this game, plus 12 months of the Nintendo Switch Online membership, which comes with, like, I think Majora's Mask just came to, yeah. Like the Nintendo Switch Online, like like wow. Zelda, like is that for, the like, same as the membership for like like I have the membership so I can play Animal Crossing. Is it no? The same I thing? think it's like one step above that okay. to like be get access to the games. I think I'm not 100 percent sure because I don't have the online membership. But anyway, basically you get the 12 month membership or whatever for free. Like it's like sixty dollars I think for okay. the game plus. So definitely worth it if you're interested like definitely like i was like i should have waited until then to buy this game <laughs> but uh no it's really it's really honestly it's really fun it's really relaxing like you just kind like it's a really good game you can just like pick it up and play for like 30 minutes like oh i need to go defeat this one pokemon to a water move to finish off my pokédex so i'm going to go take my little pokemon team and and then like and you evolve your pokemon and they're cute and like it's it's fun it's like a really like relaxing game yeah i really like it so yes i've never played a pokemon game but really enjoying this one highly recommend it if you are similar i just finished i think it's called never saw me coming by vera kurian um and it's it's like this like thriller which have not been keeping my interest but this one really did about this like psychopathic woman who gets a scholarship to a college to be a part of like a program that studies psychopaths like nonviolent psychopaths who just are living their daily lives and just huh. are psychopathic and then somebody starts killing the psychopaths Ooh. yeah and it's like it's super I, I don't know I really I found, thought it was fantastic um and very interesting I'm also reading Light Years from Home on audio by Mike Chen that's uh narrated by Emily Wu Zeller who is an amazing she's like one of my go-to audiobook narrators right now she's so good um, and then I just finished Only Murders in the Building, which is a show on Hulu starring Selena Gomez, Martin Short, <laughs> and Steve Martin. And it's about this, um, this like this New York building where these there's a murder, and these three people who are obsessed with true crime podcasts decide to start their own and solve the murder in the building. And if you want to know how bizarre this show is, Sting appears as himself and is one of the prime suspects in the murder. Amazing. 
it's great. It's like Amazing. generally one of the genuinely one of the best shows I've seen in a long time. So highly recommended. Um, I just finished listening to As You Wish, which is Carrie Ellis's story of the making of the Princess Bride. And yeah, like who doesn't love the Princess Bride? This right. when I say this book was like somehow I already love this movie and now I love this movie even more. Because he has, not only is he telling the story and he narrating it in his wonderful Carrie Elwes voice, he has, like, Robin Wright shows up, like, Billy Crystal, Rob Reiner, like, all these people who are involved in the movie. And every single piece of that book is just about how much they all loved being a part of it, how much they all love each other, and how much they all loved, like, making the film. That's and so it's nice. so wholesome. And it's also like a really like something that I really enjoyed about it that I was kind of surprised by was just revisiting what is so wonderful about the creative process and like finding joy. Cause like we can all feel so much anxiety over creating and so much like stress and especially when it's like a deadline life, but like no matter what, even when there were points of stress and when he, when Carrie would like write about, pieces of it that were like difficult or whatever it always came back to decisions were made out of love of story and love of like creation and I was like that's really like I feel like I like cried a few times like it's just so wonderful and it's short I feel like it was only like seven hours or something like that so I finished it in like four days um highly recommend if you're looking for something sweet and easy right now and then I'm still doing all my DC stuff like I like Tom Taylor's Nightwing run is so good it's so good and like um the storytelling is good the visuals are amazing I think it's Bruno Redondo who's doing the art and it's just like it's been such a long time since I've been like deeply into comics in this way because it was so like, it took me, like, DCU was a long time coming. And just falling back into this world has been really nice. And, like, seeing what artists are doing. Um, the Robins, like, there's, like, a there's like a Robin series that's digital only, I think, right now, that is also really strong and really fun to read. Like, I don't know. It's, like, totally, I just, like, bought the DCUI subscription for a year. Because I was, like, I am absolutely getting my money's worth in participating in this app right now and there's just like so much good stuff coming out of it and so much like cool writing coming out of it um and then the last thing is abbott elementary i don't know if you've watched this yet i've heard of this it's so funny it's okay Quentin what is Bronson. this it's sort of like it's very parks and rex ish in that it's like you know mockumentary style about public school teachers in philadelphia it is so funny okay well like, where is it it's on Hulu. It's okay. I think it's a. Is it ABC? It might be. I don't remember what network it is, but it's on Hulu. And it's like there are points that I like had to pause the show. I was laughing so hard. Like there's this moment. The principal. I'm like losing the actress's name. The woman who plays the principal is this like vapid. Like the principal is this like vapid, like fame hungry, like spend misspends like school funds on things that she thinks she needs, etc. And she's like very funny about it, but like mean to Quinta Bronson's character. And so there's this like moment where she's like laughing really hard at Quinta Bronson's character, and then she goes, 
She's like, I have to sit down. I need a chair. And she sits down in the chair and then laughs so hard she falls down. Like she falls out of the chair. Like she sat down in that chair to fall out of it. I watched that clip like 10 times. I was like, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm doing a lot of stuff that just makes me makes my heart feel good right now. Yay. <laughs> okay, so we are part of the Hard Knock Life Podcast Network. You can find all the podcasts in the Hard Knock Media family at hardknockmedia.com. Uh, that's N-O-C for Nerds of Color. Yes. And thank you to our patrons over on Patreon. Thank you to Meredith and Rita at the $12 level. And Amber, Jordan, Annie, Brandy, Claire, Brian, Robert, Chris, the Knott family, Bria, Geshev, Ruth, and Gavita at the $5 level. You can join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash theysegeekgirls. And you can find me on Twitter at S Krishna, and you can find me on TikTok at uh, Swapna underscore Krishna. If you um, if you tag me on Twitter, like yesterday, today, probably tomorrow, I'm not going to see it because <laughs> my mentions are such a dumpster fire right now. Um, you can find They See Geek Girls on Twitter at They See Geek Girls. You can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, TikTok, uh, etc. at Run With Skizzers, S K I Z Z E R S. And until next time, we will see we'll you. See you. In hell. In hell!